If you don't enjoy a game of Monopoly, it's likely because you've been playing it wrong. If you dislike board games in general, it's likely because you played Monopoly wrong. It's not Monopoly's fault, and it's not yours either. Monopoly, on the whole, is a perfectly serviceable game. But its legacy will always be that it's a long, terrible game that will make your family be mean to you. That opinion is not unwarranted, but it is partially our own fault because, as I previously stated, we've been playing it wrong. We've added rules to make the game more fair. We've forgotten rules for the same reason. We've done so much editing of how the game should be played that we're playing a broken and terrible version of the game, and this has caused irreparable harm to board games as a whole. I can tell people I enjoy poker. I can have people over to play euchre. I can partake in an evening of bridge. I can head over to the casino to play any number of games. But because of Monopoly, it's weird and slightly childish to invite a friend to play board games. Board games aren't fun. They're not for adults. Still, I love board games. Many people do. Some people will even evangelize the hobby of board games because of how maligned it is. They'll spread the gospel to anyone who'll listen because there is more to board gaming than what lines the shelves at Walmart. They want to tell you all about it, so they will. But the legacy of Monopoly remains. Which means that if people dare to compare modern board games to Monopoly, the hobbyists will cringe. If someone tells you they play board games, you might ask board games like Monopoly? And their immediate and emphatic response will be, no, not like Monopoly. And they'll go on endlessly about how much better everything is than Monopoly. But here's the deep, dark secret of board games. They are like Monopoly. And the people who tell you otherwise are trying to escape the negative legacy of the game that made board gaming uncool. Which is terrible, because negativity breeds negativity. So telling someone, no, not like Monopoly, is a confrontational defensive statement that can hinder the interest of the person you're talking to. Almost as much as their own experience with playing Monopoly will hinder their desire to play board games. But I think everyone should be playing board games, because they're actually really good. And they're as good a pastime as poker night. And I think there's a better way to get people to join us as we play board games. So let's talk about that. But first, disclaimer time! This is not a review show! I am nerd incorrect. I'm passionate, opinionated, highly subjective, and so many, 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 many times incorrect. I have to repeat, this is not a review show. I'm not going to objectively weigh any piece of art on any merits. What I will do is explore the things that make entertainment beautiful and explore the art created for us to consume while we live our lives. Thank you for joining me while I explore the adventures we have from inside the house. I'm uncool, I'm the Urkel to everyone's Bill Murray. I've been broke in every sense of the word. And I, I keep chasing my next high score Issues galore, I'm a walking, talking magazine We all know that nobody reads What's the use in words when they don't even understand me? Oh. 
Welcome to The Adventures We Have from Inside the House, a podcast about entertainment, how and why we consume it, and how it shapes our lives. And more importantly, a podcast that celebrates the things you like, even if nobody else does. My name is Tim Riel, and I am Nerd Incorrect, the boy who loves entertainment of every kind and always seems to fall in love with the properties and art that don't always follow the crowd. Adult play is a strange phrase to say out loud. It instantly conjures sexual imagery, intimate thoughts, and sly sideways glances. It goes even further if I say adult fun. There's a certain point in our growth where we become an adult, which in turn seems to imply that the only fun we can now have must include nudity and or genitals. Does that mean that as an adult we can't just have fun? Or that the only way to have fun without our genitals is to engage in activities that are for children? These questions, by the way, are rhetorical. Of course not. Adults have fun all the time without any sexual component to the activity. But try explaining to anybody that you're going to go have fun playing with adults and that the play you will be partaking in is reserved for the adults in your life. Then see if the person you're talking to doesn't smirk and turn their heads slightly and snicker. (laughs) This is obviously because we have termed sexual properties as adult. I mean, it's the definition. Adult movies, adult club, adult magazine. So I can't just simply start going around saying, hey, who wants to join me in some adult play? There will be a lot of disappointment on everyone's part. But I do want to invite adults to play. It's my favorite form of entertainment. Passing the time with other adults engaging in play. Conversations aren't just conversations. Sometimes they're a game of funny bits and comedic improv. A night out at the club isn't just getting drunk, it's dancing and laughing. And sanctioned and unsanctioned karaoke. A trip to the beach includes frisbee and volleyball. A trip to the park includes basketball and catch. And when you come to my house, it's for all of the above. But more importantly, it often leads to board games. And these board games are for adults. And not because of bad words and naked butts. They're just made for people who aren't children. Board games are an obsession of mine. And one of my favorite ways to spend an evening with other adults. And sometimes, convincing adults that board games aren't all for kids can be a challenge. Everyone's childhood was different. But broadly speaking, if your childhood included Monopoly, you probably don't like board games. Or at the very least aren't overly enthused at the prospect of playing board games. This isn't Monopoly's fault per se, but that doesn't make it untrue. For the majority of adults, their experience with board games consists of a bunch of stuff, but most notably it includes Monopoly. And like myself, they played it wrong. And the way they played it made Monopoly not fun. In board gaming terms, there's a concept referred to as house rules. These are rules added to a game by your game group to make it more fair or more fun or end arguments and sadness. For most games, this isn't a big deal because most house rules stay with that particular group. But Monopoly is different. Monopoly is old and ubiquitous, and for all intents and purposes, it's a kid's game. So here's what happened. Somebody got upset that they were bankrupt and that they had no chance at buying the properties they actually wanted because of the dice rolls and somebody else got them first, so they added some rules to make it easier to make money and have a greater chance of getting good properties first. They played with these rules and it worked for them. And then everybody who played with that person was taught these new rules. And since it's a kid's game, there's no need to read the actual rules because it's a simple game. We all know the rules to this game. 
And then that spread. And over the years, these house rules became standard because nobody read the rules anymore because everyone knew the rules. And all of this continues until today. Strap in because for most of you, this next part is going to rock your world. You don't get anything for landing on free parking. It's just a free space, free from consequences. That's your reward. The money from taxes and community chess cards and anything else doesn't go to the middle of the board. It goes back to the bank. There is no free parking lottery. But wait, it gets worse. When you land on an unowned property, you can't simply decide not to buy it and pass the dice. Even worse, some of you think you need to do a full lap of the board before buying properties. These house rules were created to be more fair and remove the advantage of going first and the disadvantage of having to spend money you don't want to spend yet. The actual rule is actually way more fun. When someone lands on an unowned property, it must be bought. If the player decides not to buy the property themselves, it gets auctioned off to the other players starting at a single dollar. Someone has to buy it right now and someone may get an incredible deal. And most of you had no idea that Monopoly even had auctions in it. Here's the last revelation for you. Monopoly is a 45-minute game. An hour tops. If your experiences were anything like mine, Monopoly was a slog. It was four hours of watching someone become increasingly wealthy and the game keep going because just as you were about to lose, you'd win the free parking lottery and get just enough money to keep playing for another hour. It wasn't a good time. Monopoly doesn't have enough decisions or variety to stay interesting for four hours. If you played Monopoly like this, you hated board games. It gets worse because Monopoly's legacy isn't just that it was long and boring and frustrated. It also made you feel dumb. You'd go to your friend's house and their family would play Monopoly with you and no one would read the rules because it's a kid's game and the rules are simple and everyone already knows the rules and then they'd have their own house rules and they'd believe that they were the real rules, and that you were dumb for not even knowing the rules of a simple child's game, and some of them would outright treat you as dumb, but politer people would just talk down to you as they explained the simple rules you don't understand. But either way, it was unpleasant, and as a child that constantly feels inferior because you're a child, this only made it worse. So now you're an adult. You and I are friends. You enjoy my company. I invite you to play board games. Your gut reaction is to say no, because board games are boring and for kids, but most importantly, you don't want to look dumb. I can invite you for poker night and you'll jump at it and even bring the beer. At the cottage, we'll break out a deck of cards and play hearts or crazy eights, but you'll freeze up if I mention board games. But even if you fight through that fear and are interested, Monopoly's legacy cuts both ways. You'll ask, board games? Like Monopoly? And I, out of a need to distance myself from the negativity of people's experiences with that game, will say, no, not like Monopoly. And the weird negative tension that dismissive statements can cause will suck the air out of the room. As a board game hobbyist, I am aware of the incredible amount of games that are fun, engaging, and interesting. As a human person, I am aware that negativity is not an inviting quality. It has taken me years to take myself out of a defensive stance and answer that question properly. 
I was introduced to modern board games when I was 18 years old. I worked in a restaurant that closed at 3 a.m. most nights, and one of those nights the manager came into the kitchen as I was punching out and asked if I'd like to stay behind with him and the bar staff and play board games. I'm not proud of this, but my first thought was, board games? Gross. I was a popular kid, and image was still very important, and I didn't think adults playing board games was a thing. It certainly wasn't a cool thing. But these people were cool. Luckily for me, because of my vanity, that part was important to me. So I said yes. That's the night I first played a game called Settlers of Catan, and it was the beginning of a two-year run of playing Settlers of Catan every week. I later moved across the country, and my first stop was a game shop to find a copy of Settlers of Catan because I hadn't been playing my own copy for the last two years. And then the game store was showing off a new game called Killer Bunnies, and I bought that. And then a few weeks later, I bought Small World. And then I bought a game called Ticket to Ride. And then I bought so many more. The point is that board games became a very fun, very cool thing that I very much enjoyed. And then I would meet someone through friends and we'd invite them for board games and they'd say no for various reasons. But mostly, it was because board games aren't cool. They're not fun. And they make people feel dumb. They're was another reason, and it's the reason that breaks my heart the most. Board games, tabletop RPGs, competitive card games, Warhammer, these are activities that are heavily populated by people who aren't necessarily the most popular. Someone who is lonely and has difficulty connecting with others, or for some other reason isn't sought out for friendship, these activities make connecting with people easier. A shared interest can do that. A shared interest could be the only thing you have in common with someone, but it's enough that you can now call them your friend. It can help build your community. It can help you belong. But belonging doesn't change your past experiences, your lived life, your anxiety, and your assumption of others. When I first entered this world, I came from a life of high school parties, hockey teams, and nights out, and a life of always being accepted. When I started joining the board games community, though, I was treated coldly, like an outsider, and with defensive exclusion. And rightfully so. These people's lived experience had taught them to distrust people like me. That people like me didn't care about them, and that I would take this thing that they love from them. Because if the cool kids started joining up, why would they keep including these not-cool kids and ask them to continue playing. They would be pushed out. They had lived a life of being pushed out of their other groups and being relegated to being outsiders. Why would this be any different? So my introduction to the board games community was one of defensiveness, anger, and fear. Justifiably so. I was lucky enough to meet some people in that community that were more open and welcoming to me, and they remain some of my best friends today. But that self-protection and negativity remains a standard stance for most of the people in my favorite hobby. Some people were not as fortunate as me and did not have a great experience with modern board games or the people who play them. And that gave them one more reason to dismiss board games. So when I brought up board games, it was usually met with a lukewarm response and a quick change of subject. But sometimes, sometimes they would ask, board games? Like Monopoly? which was an invitation to continue. My experience with board games early on, my understanding of the community I was in, and the knowledge that nobody likes Monopoly, I would defensively and forcefully say, 
No, not like Monopoly. And there is no way for that to not sound patronizing. It has taken me years to take myself out of a defensive stance and answer that question properly. The proper answer is yes, just like Monopoly and so many more that are even better. Because that just happens to be the truth. Monopoly is a board game that you play with friends and family, competing and plotting and planning and solving the puzzle of the challenge, which is pretty much every other board game I have ever played. And knowing that has made all the difference. It's actually changed how I have every conversation, or at the very least how I try to have every conversation. I do my best to never answer a question with no or any other negative sentiment. It's amazing how many situations aren't actually negative when you focus on being positive. Answering yes, just like Monopoly, allows the conversation to continue. It allows me to tell you about telestrations and monikers and reverse charades. It allows me to invite you over to play Secret Hitler, Cards Against Humanity, and Ugtect. And by then, you're in my game room and the shelves of games start to beckon. I often have parties where I invite everyone and anyone. And it's not for board games. Even when it is for board games, it's not really about board games. It's always about spending time with people I love and people I want in my life. So I have these big parties and we dance and laugh and play rock band and beer pong and sometimes we'll play a game. But inevitably, someone will end up browsing the collection and something will catch their eye. When that happens, I invite them and the other people interested back for another night when we will play actual board games. It's not easy to teach an adult how to play modern board games. I can teach any of my games to a child because children are great at learning new concepts. I mean, they suck at being good at games, but they're really good at learning new ideas. Adults, though, they're terrible at it. Adults learn by comparing new concepts to concepts they already know and understand, but modern board games aren't easily compared to games that most people will have played. Explaining deck building or worker placement is more difficult than it should be because they don't have an analog in Scrabble or Trivial Pursuit. They're brand new ideas, and they're not like anything else. This disconnect can lead to frustration and the dreaded feeling of being dumb which as adults, we prefer to avoid. And since most of the games I own aren't exactly simple, it can be a challenge to teach an adult a new game. That's why I invite people over and offer to play the party games I mentioned before. The let's all laugh together games that don't have any real rules. And that's why I let people float around the collection and look at the more complex games. It's also why I don't ask anyone to play games with me that have never played games with me before. I'll share my passion for the games. I'll tell them that I love board games and that they're amazing. And I'll explain why. But I've stopped asking people to play with me. And I think you should too. Our community likes to evangelize the hobby. We're all missionaries on a journey to spread the good word. And a lot of us are overzealous and say things like, There's a game for everybody. There isn't. Not everybody. Some people just don't want to play a game. And almost none of them want to play your new game you just got. Most of the people who come over to my house are there to spend time with me, with each other. We enjoy an evening or a weekend with friends. They'll play a game if that's what everyone else is doing, but their goal isn't to get the new hotness tabled. You need to be able to read the room. If nobody is asking to play the game, 
then maybe don't play the game. Just talk and have a human moment. People who don't want to play a game will not learn your game. They'll be frustrated by all the rules. If someone doesn't want to play a game, I won't be able to teach them Ticket to Ride. And that game only has three rules. There is a positive flip side to this, though. When someone looks at my collection and sees a game that interests them, I can teach them that game because they are invested. I have a friend who was at one of my parties and he was getting high scores in Rock Band and then busting a gut when we played Reverse Charades. And then he asked to come over to play board games on another night. He came over and he decided he wanted to play The Gallerist because it looked awesome and he's into art and business. And so we taught it to him and we played it. And we still play it to this day. For those of you who don't play board games, let me tell you to stop being afraid. It's safe here. And if there's a game you think looks cool, then play that one. For those of you who are board gamers, stop typing angry stuff at me right now. I won't read it. I don't care if you think it's a bad idea to introduce new players with a Lacerda game. I don't. Stop telling your friends that are new to gaming that, yeah, this is a fine game, but they should start with Sushi Go or Azul. Stop calling your friends dumb. If they want to give Brass a shot, then teach them Brass. If Food Chain Magnate draws their eye, then set up shop. And if they ask you what they should play, share your favorite game with them. Every game is a gateway game, as long as the players are interested. This isn't a review show, so I'm not going to tell you what to play. But I will tell you that in my collection, I have a card game that simulates baseball. I have a board game where I run a vineyard and a wine company. In fact, I have two of those. I have a game where I'm a spy traveling the world in search of an evil mastermind. I have a game where we're both lawyers. I have a game where I'm an alien selling radios and underwear. I have a game where we're old-timey magicians collecting material and putting on shows. I have a game where I run an airline, and one where I'm chasing Frankenstein's monster. One where I deal art, and one where I make dresses for 17th century French nobility. One where I'm a gangster trying to become the mafia boss. One where I'm a bird watcher. And one where I'm a hostage negotiator. If you think, even a little bit, that you might want to play a game, I guarantee that there's one for you. And if you want to learn it, and if you want to play it, I will teach it to you. There are two major things hindering the growth of the board gaming community. The first is Monopoly. Fuck Monopoly. The second is us. We need to stop being negative, stop being defensive, stop fearing judgment. We need to accept that not everyone will want to play games. And we need to accept the ones that do want to play. This hobby is a tough one to be a part of because many of us got here by not being accepted elsewhere. This is a safe space for many. And it's a safe space from the people who have done them harm through exclusion and ridicule by people that push them out of the places they thought were safe before. And it's understandable that they aren't welcoming you with open arms. Of course they're defensive. And of course keeping you out lets them keep their world safe. But for those that can grow past that and welcome new people with trust and a belief that everyone just wants to be here and play games. We might be able to hear more voices in gaming, hear new ideas in gaming, meet new friends in gaming, find family in gaming, find happiness in gaming. 
We need to stop evangelizing the hobby and instead just share that we enjoy it. We don't need everyone to play with us. It's okay to like something without making others try it. And when we talk about what we like, someone will be interested because they like us and they want to connect with us. And they'll say, you play games like Monopoly? And we'll say, yes, just like Monopoly. Our theme music is provided by Double Experience. You can find the track Bill Murray everywhere you get music. And my ability to take time out of my week to make this podcast is supplied by my supporters at patreon.com slash nerdincorrect. If you support us on Patreon, thank you. And because you do, you're listening to this episode a week before anybody else. And if you want to be part of that club, head on over to patreon.com slash nerdincorrect where you get early access to all our podcasts, an exclusive podcast, and so much more. You can also join our Nerd and Correct Discord server, The Incorrection, where we can discuss in more depth everything I talked about today. If you want your question and or comment about today's podcast featured in next week's episode of discussing the adventures we have from inside the house, you can drop it into our podcast-specific Discord channel or comment on the Patreon post of this episode. All of the comments on the Patreon will be featured, and if possible, as many of the Discord comments as well. I'm Tim Riel. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll talk to you next week as we discuss more of the adventures we have from inside the house. I'm uncool, I'm the uncool to everyone's bill. And that's alright with me. Cause I'm a walking, talking magazine. We all know that nobody reads. But what's the use of words when nobody understands me? What's the point of trying to be someone that I can't be?